0: welcome back to our Gilmore Girls podcast Coffee with a shot of cynicism i'm jeffrey Hi, i'm eleni and on this week's episode we're going to be discussing episode 15 of season 3 called face off but Why first called
1: face off jeffrey
0: Called face off cuz there's a hockey match
1: boom it's a hockey game match you're so okay weak.
0: hockey game. do i look like, I like do i look like i like sports no
1: no okay. never <laughs>
0: <laughs> but first, we wanted to talk about some recent uh, comments we've received regarding some of our posts, more or less Eleni's posts.
1: Why well, have to throw me under the bus, Jeffrey?
0: Because your posts are the most controversial and everyone knows it. I hate you. <laughs> you okay, I'm just stating the facts.
1: Just fine, you know, fine, fine.
0: Pointing out um, the obvious yeah
1: well whatever uh yeah so we recently posted two well i recently posted two things um one was about uh i'll just redo the title of the article it says gilmar Girls: five reasons luke is the dream boyfriend and five he isn't so kind of playing devil's advocate again um we had that one and then i posted a funny pic well i thought was a funny picture apparently people took offense to it (laughs) it's uh from the it's a still from the movie bridesmaids it's when Kristen Wiggs character and Rose Burns character are giving their, like, simultaneous, very long speeches.
0: hmm
1: And they're, like, standing back-to-back. Back. And I wrote, April and Anna Nardini teaming up to destroy Luke and Morlai. Yeah. And people took offense to that, too. Because what do people not take offense to these days?
0: On the internet, nothing. Everyone takes offense with everything.
1: Yeah, I'm learning. Like, honestly, I could post the most innocent, or I think innocent things, and people just run with them. So I it's, don't know anymore. It's weird
0: because there are some things that, like, deserve, like, a bit of a reaction. E.g., like, you post something, it's like, oh, well, I think it's funny. Well, it's really not, if you think about it. And there's other things where it's, like, literally the most innocent thing, period. And you can, people still find a reason to ha- take issue with it.
1: Yeah, honestly, there, listen, there are some things that we obviously post because we want a healthy debate. I.e., healthy debate. I said healthy.
0: keyword healthy
1: healthy I don't like when you guys yell at each other in college each other stupid or whatever
0: and it's like um, just like the Dean versus Jess debate that in that uh, happened in our comment section a few weeks ago
1: yeah so that's the thing I don't we post it obviously because we want to get your reactions we want to know what people are thinking we don't want to have ridiculous yelling matches in the comments Um, so yeah, there's obviously posts like that, that we do, and that we know are going to get a reaction. There's other ones that we're posting, and we think this is not going to be controversial at all, or it's going to be slightly controversial, but people are going to be like, whatever, I disagree, and it blows up. So I don't fucking know where the sweet spot is with you people. (laughs) I'm just going to post whatever the fuck I want to post, and like it, don't like it, I don't care. Choices. (laughs) So we can start with the uh, April and Anna Nardini thing teaming up. To destroy Luke and Lorelei. Um I kind of meant that as more like the storyline. Yeah. Like, the introduction of these characters teaming up to kind of ruin this fantasy where us fans thought we were getting the end. Like, their wedding and they're finally going to get there happily ever after. Yeah. That's what I meant. I didn't mean that the girl, the 13-year-old, literally destroyed their lives.
0: And I mean... Yeah. If you want, Did but you know, if you want to pick that apart, you we you had also posted um, a tweet in regards to uh, April tearing apart Lorelai's plans. Remember when the, remember when the trend of like 2020 and my plans was going around? Yeah, you posted like Lorelai in the wedding dress, and then 2020 was <laughs> April and the science project. Well, I
1: mean, yeah, because they the episode before they were literally. Getting married June third was literally the date, right? Yeah. So it wasn't it wasn't the it wasn't the thirteen year old who found her father. Let's be honest, because I because I've said it before, I don't think April is to blame at all. Mm-hmm. But it's just it's funny, laugh.
0: Yeah, and so what I think in I think in regards to the the bridesmaids meme, the first the the first time that I saw it when you uh, like after you wrote that tweet, I interpreted it as like. Um, Anna is Rose Byrne and April is Kristen Wig. but ah. then I realized no no wait I think Lorelai is supposed to be Kristen Wiig and Rose Byrne is the one destroying everything
1: okay well I, I kind of saw it as April in the background as Kristen Wiig mm-hmm. like living her life kind of thing being a 13 year old who found her father and Anna taking pleasure in being and telling Luke what to do with his kid
0: okay yeah that's the way I saw it for, at first too
1: yeah, which, I mean, it's not meant to be analyzed. It's a fucking still from a movie and a tweet. Yeah. Um, yeah, so then we got comments of, like, that was Luke's doing. And I'm like, yes, obviously, I agree. Luke kept it from Lorelai, and that caused a rift, right?
2: hmm
1: And somebody wrote, what if we stop reproducing ideas that pit women against each other, though? And I don't know what that means.
0: Okay, but also, we, we didn't write this show, sweetie.
1: Okay. So I think but your
0: I, beef is with Warner Brothers
1: yeah um, I don't know what that means in the sense like I'm not pitting anyone against each other I'm and saying even, that, but
0: even if you were you didn't write it
1: yeah well that's true too if only because I could be able to afford a bedroom in my apartment <laughs> but I mean like what I didn't do it it wasn't me I'm not pitting anyone against
2: each other
0: Considering that, can, I mean, can we just say I don't think Anna gave a shit about Lorelei and Lorelai's feelings. I don't think I don't think Anna and April came into town and was like, "We're gonna we're gonna tear them apart." I think it happened that way from our perspective because yeah,
1: it happened organically because it was a messy situation.
0: Yeah, I don't think I don't think Anna was like, "I hate Lorelai and I want Luke." Like that was never the narrative.
1: Not at all. But so I was think
0: just... I think that comment implies that there was some kind of catfight storyline, which there wasn't.
1: There really wasn't. They got along super well when she went to the store, right?
0: Yes. I mean Anna was not a likable character, but No, so.
1: but I mean she was written that way. I didn't write her that way.
0: Yeah, so we don't we don't we don't write the show, sweetie. I appreciate the the notion that we do because I'd love to have that credit, like you said, but um I didn't write it. Me. Hey. Elaine didn't write it, so
1: let's move on. <laughs> And then when we talk about the Luke article, so once again, this was posted just to kind of start a debate because we've talked before about how, yes, Luke and Lorelai were endgame, but also they definitely had their problems and we didn't like the way Luke reacted in certain situations. And that's going to become more clear as the show goes on. So it was really just to start a conversation about... Do you guys agree with the article? Do you guys disagree? What do you think? And some people gave us really good feedback. They think he cared for her, like, you know, he cared for her daughter, blah, 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 blah. And then we get fucking, and then we get into this. <laughs> so somebody wrote, well, technically this is also my doing, <laughs> but somebody wrote, if you meet Scott, you may begin to dislike Luke a little bit. And then I have also heard some things about the actor that portrays Luke and i wrote yeah we've heard he's quite something in person and then i didn't know but a bunch of people
0: were like why spill what's the tea come on okay you've you've openly trashed him on this podcast before so
2: i mean
1: i don't i know no 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 i'm not debating that i've done that but i don't like him
0: I mean, I don't, personally, I don't know that much about the actor. But from what you've told me and what I've heard, uh, he doesn't Before seem like...
1: You he... start. Tell people what you've heard.
0: Okay, well, I've only heard what Eleni has told me and what I've seen oh. through social media.
1: But that's the thing. Can I just preface this by saying this is all through social media. So, like, yes, there are things that I've seen firsthand, like his tweets firsthand. And then there's other things that I've heard through social media and people meeting him that also kind of influenced my opinion of him but yes go ahead
0: jeffrey i mean from what you and i have seen together of him either on social media or from other people's um experiences Mm -hmm. seems to me he's like still really holding on to the gilmore girls fame so to speak
2: yeah
0: and um i think he's still trying to profit off of the show still being popular 20 years later Mm -hmm. which okay you know, that's, mo- like, more power to you. If if you if you can make money at fan events on a show that's still popular two decades later, more power to you. Yeah. But at the same time, I've also, like, he's also kind of posted um, some problematic slash questionable things regarding
1: just it's his own happened.
0: personality, I think.
1: Yeah, but I think the the incident, incidents, I think what we're referring to is more the fact that, um, he went on this like tweet tirade where he said that the show could be something like we can continue with the show. If people would just get off their asses and like want to do it again. Mm -hmm. Like, so to me, that's like, you're, you're trashing your castmates for moving on with their lives when you're holding on to the past. You know what I mean?
0: And it's been 20 years. Like you're allowed to move on. Like
1: you can't really blame them for doing other things with their life just because you haven't moved on.
0: Like, has Scott Patterson done anything notable since Gilmore Girls?
1: Acting-wise, no. Exactly. So, I mean, which is fine. Like, maybe you didn't want to continue... Maybe you really, really loved the character and you really, really loved the show and you were always hoping that it would get picked up again. But that doesn't mean that your castmates feel the same way and they've moved on. And you shitting on them for moving on and being successful afterwards, it's just... It's ridiculous to me, you know? Not, not everyone's not, Yeah, go ahead.
0: And it's not cute.
1: It's not cute at all. Like just move on move on you're a 62 year old man move on
0: and can we also talk about the deleted tweets in which you referred to lauren graham as ugly
1: yeah and then
0: sassy pants
1: sassy pants was funny but um,
0: ugly like
1: <laughs> but yeah so a lot of people when we posted that too a lot of people were like oh they're joking they were co-stars for seven years blah 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 and so i recently found an article oh Spill that tea, bitch. I'm spilling it, bitch. I recently found an article where um, they were talking about castmates who didn't like each other while filming.
0: There's a lot of those.
1: Yeah, of course. And of course, we have to take these with a grain of salt, right? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, But it was in, I can't remember, I think it was in Glamour magazine.
0: Was the entire cast of The View part of the list?
1: No, of course not. But (laughs) that's that's evidence from any time you open the view. Um, So Lauren Graham, this is what it says. It says, Lauren Graham says she wasn't close with Scott Patterson during the filming of Gilmore Girls. And then the article goes on to say, there was lots of speculation when Gilmore Girls was on the air that that the much-shipped Luke and Lorelai didn't get, get along in real life. Although the rumors have never been confirmed per se, it's definitely clear that the two really aren't close at all. In an interview with TV Guide, Graham said of the two, it's fine. I think these characters have great chemistry, and that does mirror our chemistry as people. But we're not intimate. When asked to confirm that they are in fact not best friends, she responded with a cold and swift no. (laughs) (laughs) So again, it's a magazine. We don't know.
0: Yeah, and like you said, take like you have to take those things with a grain of salt. And I think that people also like to force narratives in this situation where they immediately jump from either you get along or you don't, and if you don't, you hate each other, and there's a feud and whatever. Yeah. And I think that happens a lot more, you know, to to refer back to a previous argument of pitting women against each other. I think the media likes to do that with women more so than with men because you know they like catfights and forcing that. For sure. Um. um-
1: If I'm not mistaken, I think this article came out right before A Year in the Life was set to come come out. Um, And then right before A Year in the Life as well, Scott Patterson did an interview. Oh, sorry. Scott Patterson's interview was was with Glamour. This article that references Lauren Graham was with TV Guide magazine. Um, Glamour said, what did you think of Lauren when you first met her? Scott gives two thumbs up. I thought, you know, uh uh-oh, let's keep this professional, laughs. Let's just keep it professional as long as possible and not blow up the show. Glamour, did it work? Scott, yeah, because I knew it would go on for a long time. I was seeing somebody anyways. I think she was too, and she probably wasn't interested in me. That matters little to me, laughs. So yeah, listen, the whole thing just worked. The chemistry was there. That sounds so douchey to me.
0: It does. And to me, what I get from that is what you met, uh, you met an attractive young woman and thought immediately, do we, are we going to date?
1: But also like, what is this line? I was seeing somebody anyway. I think she was too. And she was, and she probably wasn't interested in me. That matters little to me.
0: Laughs. What does that have to do with anything?
1: Like, I, I don't understand what he's saying. Does it matter little to you that she was seeing somebody? That you were both seeing somebody?
0: That is really douchey
1: she was just hot so you like like I don't understand
0: I mean she was really attractive when Gilmore Girls first started but she's still um, really
1: attractive, but I'm saying like she's 10 years your junior ooh. it comes this creepy like Hollywood bullshit you know what no, I mean that
0: is that is super douchey like from a man's perspective of like you meet it you meet the attractive star of a new show and it's like oh gotta get in her pants like what
1: like, yeah, I thought, you know, uh oh, let's keep this professional, sir. What do you, you Like, she's not thinking that
0: that's so gross, or
1: maybe it's... she is, I don't know. But, like, that's what you think of the first time you meet somebody.
0: Mm.
1: I don't get it, it that's sounds gross. super douchey to me. And then I've heard things through the grapevine of like people meeting him and saying like he was very, um, dismissive of them. And was really just in it for like to sell his coffee and stuff.
0: Honestly, I believe that.
1: I believe that too, from everything I've heard. But listen, well, once again, um, you know, everything that we're saying, take it with a grain of salt, and um, we're entitled to our own opinions,
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I also, I just
1: spill the tea and then I spilled it, okay.
0: <laughs> and also, just in regard to um. You know, rumors of castmates not liking each other. Mm-hmm. I, what I was going to say was, I think um, just in general, the media likes to obviously drum up uh, noise about cast members not liking each other, and it's you know that's and that's jarring for us as viewers because like if they play characters who love each other on screen and then off screen they hate each other, like that's obviously a compelling narrative for a viewer, right? For sure. But I think that sometimes you can just not be friends with your workmates, workmates, your, your, your your colleagues, your co-workers, like (laughs) like, workmates. What is that? Um, like, I don't, I don't know about you, but I'm not really friends outside of work with any people I currently work with. Yeah.
1: thing That's what I was going to say. I was going to say like, this is a job just like any other. Yeah. Obviously days where you're not going to want to You know, you're not going to be best friends with everyone. Of course, you're going to be closer with some people. You're not going to be closer with others. Of course, the nature of the job makes it a little bit more awkward, especially if your characters are involved in a romantic relationship. Mm -hmm. But it's still just a job, right? Yeah. So I'm sure they weren't like feuding, but maybe they just weren't each other's cup of tea. I don't fucking know.
0: Or they were just, or they were friendly some days, not friendly others. I mean, based on the douchey comments he's made, I believe that maybe they just kept their distance because they didn't get along or whatever. Like, I believe that now that he said these creepy things. Yeah. Um, but I think just in general, like, if you think about it, like, are you personally friends and close with every single person you've ever had a job with? Like, no.
1: If you say yes, you're insane.
0: And I just, I'll, I'll reference one example. Like, um... When when Dick Van Dyke and Julie Andrews filmed Mary Poppins, like they were very close on the set, and they were there was like there's a couple of like classic shots of them, you know, being friendly like during a break or like a rehearsal or whatever. And um, later they said like they didn't really keep in touch after that, and so there was rumors. There's been rumors over the years that like they had words and they weren't friends anymore after that. Like they were, they they were close during Mary Poppins and they weren't, and both of them have since like cleared that up and Mm -hmm. said that, like, um, Mary Poppins was filmed in ridiculously fast speed because everybody had other projects going on. Dick Van Dyke had to go back to the Dick Van Dyke show. Julie Andrews filmed, like, two other movies back-to-back that came out right after. So she said, like, we never really got to hang out socially outside of work, but I always loved him. I always got along with him. It was a great experience. But people somehow, you know, forced this, uh, you know, tabloid gossip narrative where they didn't get along and something happened and that's why they didn't keep in touch like uh as actors in hollywood i think your lives go in very different directions sometimes so (laughs) just like like how lauren just how lauren graham says that like she hasn't stayed as close with alexis Bledel as she has with Mae whitman just how that's just because that's how the careers have gone
1: of course and it's also like life happens too don't forget right yeah like Alexis Bledel got married, had a kid, was like absent from acting for a while. Like, you know, it's just you, you don't have to justify yourself.
0: No. Like you worked I with mean, that one person, you had a good time while working with them. Your life's your lives lives. Lives your <laughs> lives went in different directions thereafter. And that's fine.
1: That's okay. Yeah. But you know, like we as consumers love that shit, right? Yes. We we live for that shit. We're guilty of it too, let's be honest. For sure. But uh, I watch way too many real housewives. But um you know, they're allowed not to like each other, and they're allowed just to, like, live their lives.
0: Yeah, and obviously as, like, diehard fans, if you hear that, like, these cast members didn't like each other, you're like, why <gasps> spill the tea? Like, you want to know, but at the same time, it's also it's also their prerogative to not like each other. Like, that's fine. Exactly. I don't like every single person I work with or have worked with. But you want to hear about the You want to hear about the stew chef who who I didn't get along with at a restaurant I worked at four years ago? Like, no, no,
1: it's not. Whatever. It's oh, he did have an acting role. (laughs) My bad.
0: (laughs) But all that to say in conclusion, but also shit happens. Life goes on.
1: Exactly. Don't worry about it. And now we're going to move on to talk about the episode.
0: Yes. The hockey match game uh, thing. All right. <laughs> Yay sports!
1: Yay, go team! <laughs> <laughs> That's what I imagine you saying about. Um, okay, so the the episode opens with Taylor being Taylor, mm-hmm. and having his family in town and talking to Lorelai about how the Josie clan is very particular. And We're like, really, Taylor? Tell us more.
0: Mm, can't imagine.
1: Exactly. So, I don't know if you know this theory going around, that has been going around for quite some time, about how Taylor is Kirk's dad.
0: Um, I've never heard that theory.
1: You've never heard it? Okay. So, here's where the theory stems from. In this episode, Taylor is talking about all his family members' specific sleeping needs, Mm -hmm. how they... Like, certain sheets, and they need to be close to a fire escape, and they need to be on the ground floor, and all this blah, blah, blah. And then at one point, Taylor says, the Dosie clan is prone to night terrors. Mm-hmm. So remember at the end of season four, where Kirk asked Luke to keep an eye on him because he has night terrors?
0: How could you forget?
1: Exactly. That's amazing scene, by the way. Um, so then, ever since... Somebody went back a couple of years ago, I guess in a rewatch or whatever, and said, guys, I think the reason we never hear about Kirk's parents is because it's a secret that Taylor is Kirk's dad.
0: I don't really I don't really believe that, but...
1: I mean, it would make for some interesting shit.
0: It would, but I feel... Mm, I, don't, I don't... I'm not really into that theory.
1: You're not into it?
0: No. Just because, like, obviously Taylor sucks, but also just because I feel like if they were to have written it that way hypothetically it would have just been a little weird
1: you don't think they dropped like a couple of easter eggs in there just for us to kind of
2: like
0: well yeah but and obviously there's fan theories up the wazoo about everything and anything
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Um, so yeah it could be, could happen it it wasn't actually written that way me personally I'm not really into that
1: into that well we've talked before about how it would have been great to see because we we get glimpses into kirk's life right we get he has 12 brothers and sisters and that mother won't let him have a key and he got into a fight with mother again and all this shit right
0: kirk's backstory changes so often so often throughout the show though
1: yeah for sure but i would have loved to see the woman that birthed kirk
0: because we never see his mother.
1: <laughs> we never see his mother. We hear them talking about her a lot, and everyone knows of her. But we never we never get to see him. Her, excuse me. So, um, I don't know. I think it's a fun theory. It would explain why Kirk is, always looks up to Taylor and does his bidding. Yeah. Maybe he knows secretly. Maybe Mother let it slip late at night. Mother. She had a supported affair with him. <laughs>
0: honestly all i th- all i can think about when you say mother is rupaul saying call me mother <laughs> uh, all
1: i can think of is how mike pence calls his wife mother
0: yeah really
1: it's fucking gross
0: okay I c- you could take a nasty secret to the grave
1: no. No no, <laughs> no 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 yeah it's fucking
0: gross she, hey, has, to sp- she has to spread the discomfort around everybody
1: yeah, if I have to know that fucking fact, you have to know that fucking fact. Oh, God. Sit with you and fester.
0: Yeah, that's all right. That's going to give me nightmares. Exactly. Anyway.
1: Go look at that, by the way, just because we're on the topic, go look at that video that we retweeted a couple of weeks ago. You didn't see it about how Pence calls his wife mother.
0: Honestly, anytime I see something about Trump or Pence on Twitter, I just, unless it's something funny or witty, I kind of just scroll past because I don't really have the men- the mental or emotional bandwidth for it anymore.
1: Okay, well, I'm going to tell you guys about it real quick. Quick, quick, specific. Um, so the Lincoln Project that is, like, trying very desperately to get Trump out of office um, runs these really, really damaging ads on him and his family and his cronies. And recently they ran one on how Mike Pence and Karen Pence are literally the worst people because they believe in conversion therapy. And they... anyways, they're terrible people, right? Yes. So... In the video, they keep referring to her as "mother," just like Pence does, and it gets creepier and creepier. <laughs> so, um, go watch that, please.
0: Please. Yeah, I'm gonna seek that. I'm gonna seek out that video now.
1: Yeah, please do. I know you're being sarcastic. I'm not.
0: No, no. I'm actually curious now. Okay,
1: oh, good, 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 good. It's on our. It's on our Twitter feed. Um. Okay, so Friday night dinner. Yes. And Lorelai and Rory are eating super quick because they both have dates. So yes. we're made to believe that Lorelai is still dating Alex, but we're like, ugh, I don't care, get away.
0: Yeah, the most boring man alive.
1: Yeah, we're not really invested in this relationship at all.
0: Poor Charlie Swan.
1: <sighs> Charlie. <laughs> First your daughter leaves and turns into a vampire, now this.
0: <laughs> I mean, that happened after. but okay.
1: Whatever! Yeah, but he was well-known as Charlie Swan, not as Alex. The coffee guy.
0: Yeah, Alex. What's your last name? Nobody cares. Anyway,
1: exactly. Nobody gives a fuck, Alex. So they're at Friday night dinner, and Emily's freaking out because her mother in law is coming to stay with her, and we all know how fun that is for Emily, but it's really not. Wink, wink. We're joking. Rory has or doesn't have plans with Jess.
2: Hmm.
1: Jess said, "I'll call you when I get off my shift, and we'll meet up." Yeah. So she gets home and there's no message on the answering machine.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And here's where I think that Rory and Jess's problems begin for realsies.
0: Okay. I have a lot of feelings about this so uh, tread lightly.
1: Okay. (laughs) I will. (laughs) So I feel that throughout this whole episode Mm -hmm. Rory and Jess Because we we always say that Jess is really bad. Jess and Luke are really bad at communicating their feelings. Yes. But in this episode, Rory is just as bad at communicating her feelings.
2: Mm Hmm.
1: And I feel like if they were both a little bit more receptive to hearing criticism from other people, this could have been solved in five seconds flat. What do you say, Jeffrey?
0: Okay, so. My first thought on this is that Rory is such a spoiled brat in this episode.
1: Oh God! Okay, I have thoughts about that, so you tread lightly now.
0: Okay. So honestly, as I as I've um, continued to rewatch Gilmore Girls as I've gotten older, um, a lot of the teen drama just feels a lot like really petty and immature in retrospect. Which is, you know, just that's just a fact of life, I guess. Um, but I think this episode in particular is peak, like, Dean is better than Jess bullshit. In terms yeah, of... I'm there yet. No, no. But what I mean is, um, <laughs> not to, like, um, you know, bring Dean into the conversation just yet. But what I think is that, um, Rory, like, Rory's perspective in particular just leaves a lot of things out in terms of, um, you know, Jess could have only gotten off work late and it was too late to call, which is what happened. Like, there's a whole list of things that she doesn't consider because she's just still young and immature. And so the way I I see it is that Jess had some pretty adult shit going on in his life at this point. And the notion that he thought he was too cool or too lazy to give a shit about his girlfriend, like, that to me is just such privileged heterosexual nonsense.
1: Okay, so what shit did Jess have going on in his life right now?
0: I mean, we don't see it yet, but we know it's brewing.
1: No, I know. But at this particular moment in time, what shit did Jess have going on in his life that he couldn't take, like Lorelai said, five minutes to call her?
0: So I'm not... Okay. I'm not saying that uh, Jess wasn't in the wrong for not, you know, putting in a bit more effort to give her a call or let her know or whatever. I'm just saying that, like, in comparison to Dean or any other all-American boy that Rory could have gone out and found in cute little Stars Hollow, Connecticut, like, Jess had, uh, you know, a job that worked late. Like, I'm just saying he had, like, actual, more or less other responsibilities than just being Rory's girlfriend. And, like, yes, he could have put in more time and effort into communicating better and calling her when he said he would, but at the end of the day, like, is the sky gonna fall because you didn't call?
1: Okay, I have a problem with everything you just said.
0: But like, you know what I mean? Just like, you're what you're gonna sit and pout if your boyfriend not calling? Like, grow up. No,
1: okay. Here's the thing. I get that because my initial thing was, yeah, I don't understand. Either call him or don't be as like, if you're not gonna call him and try to get the ball rolling, mm-hmm. then. Don't mm -hmm me, I'm in the middle of a thought. (laughs) If you're not going to call him and then you don't have the right to pout kind of thing. But then I remembered to myself, it's not like it's 2003. There's not cell phones where we could just text each other. You know what I mean? He's at work at Walmart. So I get it. But at the same time, I, if if my boyfriend told me he was going to call me and didn't call me. Yes, my mind would go to, okay, he probably just got stuck at work. Um, he didn't get a chance to call me, whatever. But the next day, the reason I say I'm annoyed with Rory in this episode, too, is, like, the next day she doesn't speak to him. She ignores him. Yeah. Can you not just... So, don't get me wrong. I don't think that he should have acted like everything was fine. He could have said, hey, sorry. You know what I mean? Yeah. Hey, sorry I didn't call you. But then she also, instead of ignoring him, could have been like, why didn't you call me? Like, you're both being idiots at this point.
0: Yes. Like, like
1: what? open your mouth and say to the other one hey sorry I didn't call or hey why didn't you call it could be resolved in literally five seconds and it would save you both a bunch of misery
0: okay I don't disagree with any of that um but what just like but my issue with this episode in particular when you say it's like you know uh the beginning of Jess and Rory's problems for realsies um is that just like in com- like, the, the show and the narrative and the dialogue just works over time at this point to compare Jess to Dean and, like, that's not a fair comparison, as we've already discussed.
1: No, and I agree with that, for sure. You know I agree with that. we said it.
0: And I just think it's that the perspective we get in this episode is from Rory, who's a teenage girl and hasn't had as much life experience yet. I'm not saying that Jess had le- more life experience than her necessarily, but, like, I just think that the world is bigger than your boyfriend not calling you. Like, go like resolve the issue yourself then. Like, the fact that she says at the end, like, I plan to go on being spoiled. Like, seriously, what? You think you're just gonna wait for men like Dean to lay at your feet and treat you like some queen? Cause you're not, darling.
1: <laughs> okay, so here's the thing. <laughs> I get it to a certain extent, but I don't think it's spoiled. I agree with her when she says if if expecting you to call when you say you're gonna call is spoiled, then I plan to go on being spoiled. I don't think that's unreasonable of her to say that. Okay. I mean, yes, I understand what you're saying, you're gonna pout if your boyfriend doesn't call you, you shouldn't. I get that completely. But I mean, just call her. Two yes. seconds call her. I
2: and I know what you're
1: saying about the life experience because as the as the season goes on, Jess is dealing with some pretty heavy shit, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, but when I say that their problems start here for real, I mean their communication problems because yeah, like I feel in my opinion, (laughs) um, you know, if you can't even talk to, to talk to each other about not calling or missing a call or not being there when you say you're going to be there, if you can't even talk about that, no wonder then when your dad comes to town and opens this can of shit, you can't talk to her about that either.
0: Right? Yes, I agree. And in terms of communication problems, yes, this is the beginning of the end.
1: Yeah, that's what I mean. I mean, of course they're going to have their problem. Of course they had problems before, you know, she didn't trust him as much and she, she was thinking about Dean, whatever, all but I mean, in terms of communication, this is something so small in comparison to what's coming mm-hmm. that if you can't get over this hurdle, there's no way, of course you're doomed. Yes. Right? And the thing is, the reason I say I want one of you to just, man up i know it's a terrible sentence but i mean i just want one of you to get the guts to start the fucking conversation Mm -hmm. and say something to each other because then i know everything will be much better going into the future right yeah but alas that's not how these things work
0: no and i okay so i will say that um expecting someone to call when they say they're gonna call it's not asking too much yeah but I think my issue with this and Rory's perspective in this episode is that you can just see her like staring at Dean and, th- and seeing that he's now with Lindsay, and it's like, oh, should I have like stayed with that guy? Because you know, at least he called when he said he was going to call, and this and that. And like, I'm not. We're not going to get into Dean's toxic traits again. Mm-hmm. But I think just the the, sh- the the perspective of this episode from Rory is that, um you know, she left one boy for another and, oh, this boy doesn't do this. And, like, just, like, her, um, what's the word? Her, um, like, her basis of comparison is so warped. Because it's, like, like Lorelai said, you know, you got, you kind of hit the jackpot in some ways with the first boyfriend.
1: Yeah, but I was going to say, I don't think Lorelai egging her on is helping. No. In terms of, listen, I do, I do think Lorelai should have told her to get up and go to the the hockey game like get out and go do something don't wait around for this guy kind of thing but i think in the beginning when they're walking and she's telling her all the things she did the night before when just didn't call
2: mm-hmm.
1: i don't think it's helping you're like egging her on to kind of feel like like shit kind of right um yeah. and and to make her boyfriend out to be this villain
2: mm-hmm.
1: um but yeah i don't like we're, we're jumping ahead but i don't like the storyline either of like oh shit dean found somebody else and what could have been if I had stayed with Dean? I wouldn't be alone. He would always call and tell me where he was going. Yeah, but he also smothered you, bitch.
0: Yeah, and I think I think my central issue is not only with Dean's uh, toxicity, but also just with the fact that the world is much bigger than Dean.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Like, I feel like she just keeps going back to the wishing well of, oh, Dean was perfect, Dean was this. It's like the world is much bigger than Dean Forrester, sweetie. Yeah
1: for sure. No, no, I get that completely. But I also think um, I also think it's kind of genuine what they're doing. Like Rory's being your typical teenage girl. Yeah. Um, I think it's normal to want to. I think it's normal to have those like longing feelings when things aren't going right in your relationship. It's normal to be jealous when you don't. Um, It's normal to be jealous when you don't when you're seeing somebody that you loved so much move on, when you thought they were going to be yours for like it's it's silly. Let's be honest, he wasn't going to be yours forever. No. Still, you know, like I think it, they're genuine emotions.
0: Yeah. So the same feeling, for, like her feelings, are valid. Yeah. But at the same time, I think having and you, I think you would you might agree to some extent, like having watched this show as a teenager and then now having the perspective as a somewhat young adult, it's like. Okay, really, the world is so much bigger than this petty drama.
1: No, for sure, but who are you calling a young adult? Me. Oh, you, okay, good. Certainly is not I.
0: You're an old adult, you're a grandma.
1: I'm getting there. <laughs> I knit this morning, so. Yeah, uh, no, yeah, I get what you're saying. And I don't think we disagree.
0: <laughs> no. We we'll just like
1: to argue for argument's sake.
0: We like to uh, argue for argument's sake, and we like to like, we like to agree passionately. <laughs>
1: Yeah. We're like no, I don't agree and then we end up agreeing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um no. So yeah, I think her feelings are valid um but I also want one of them to be like, hey, let's talk, but they don't actually talk.
0: Yeah. And like that's where the teenage perspective obviously comes in the most cuz it's like communication is obviously uh something you develop over the course of time and as a teenager I think it's limited to call me.
1: Yeah. Um I was going to ask you, do you think the fact that Lorelai usually, or both of them, but I mean, Rory was raised by Lorelai, who always skirts around the issue and always uses a sarcastic remark, and never really has never really has a straight conversation with somebody, mm-hmm. always kind of adds in a joke or flair here and there, because I think that plays a part in Rory not being able to communicate properly.
0: I, I would agree, but I would think we should put a pin in that, because that comes into play much later.
1: I mean, okay, fine.
0: <laughs> like, it, like you can obviously see, having already seen the show a million times over, you can obviously see the beginnings of it here. But I yeah. think you don't actually really understand the how far, how deep it goes until like four, five, six.
1: Yeah. No. Okay. So yes, I agree. We could put a pin in that. But all this to say that I think, oh Jesus! All this to say that I think um, I don't think it helps when your mother is also not a great communicator. <laughs>
0: Oh, for sure it doesn't.
1: Yeah. Um and we saw it a little bit in season 1 where um Lorelai was telling Rory that she didn't want her, she didn't want to raise a child that was unable to say I love you and she mm-hmm. kind of recognized the fact that she herself couldn't say I love you.
0: And I think by that point she she had already raised a child who couldn't say I love you. Oh, for sure. Like, you know, I think like, the damage was done by that point.
1: Yeah. And that's why I think a lot of people don't so I think a lot of people like shit on Rory for Lorelai's faults. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah.
1: Like you, you 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 kind of forget they they kind of forget who raised this person. Mhm. Um and forget the fact that her father was never around and came in and out whenever the fuck he pleased.
2: Yeah.
1: Her mother wasn't even a fully formed adult yet and was raising her.
2: Mhm.
1: So it makes sense that Lorelai's faults then become Rory's faults. Yeah not to blame everything on Lorelai but I mean you know when you're 17 you're you have an example right and your if your example is not that great (laughs) what do you expect from her
0: yeah and we've we've talked about this too where we've we've uh, attempted to dissect the discourse on hating Roy Gilmore I think it, it obviously depends on your reasons but i think on the on a central surface level it's just it's more about like villainizing rory because rory was the main character and like rory made shitty decisions and like yes and i think a lot of the i think a lot of the the hate and the funny tweets that still talk about hating rory today i think comes from millennials mostly who don't really agree as having rory gilmore as their spokesperson yeah, I feel like a lot because I feel like a lot of the uh, like higher level discourse on Gilmore Girls comes from the perspective of Rory being a millennial and the millennial experience.
1: So the thing I've noticed about millennials, um, I'm a millennial. We've talked about this before. Yes. The thing I've noticed about my own generation is that we don't like it when people shit on us. Meaning, okay, so nobody likes it when they're shit on, obviously. No. But I find millennials are much more sensitive when—are much more sensitive to the fact that older generations or even younger generations to a certain extent say, like, oh, those millennials, X, Y, Z. You know what I mean? And,
0: like, they they, and like they have a right to because everyone shits on millennials for the stupidest things.
1: Okay, so yes, I agree. I think older generations like to shit on millennials when really, like, you fucking raise this, so what do you expect? But I also think the lo- a lot of millennials are very, very sensitive to people shitting on them. And I don't know if it's because we're more sensitive in terms of, like, we're more in touch with our feelings than our parents and grandparents were. Um, we're more, we, we easily set more boundaries, like, more easily than our parents and grandparents again. I don't know what it is, but I found with millennials, we really, really do not... Uh, take criticism well um, yes is that you
0: yes I would have to agree
1: okay um, so I don't know So I, I, I do this also to a certain extent like whenever my mom's boyfriend kind of shits on millennials like nobody wants to work blah 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 I'm like um do we not want to work or are you guys not paying us you're just giving us contracts with no benefits
0: like there here. it is
1: yeah there it is but I also think like we we take the bait for the stupidest things
0: yeah it's like yeah for sure
1: and in this case like nobody fucking told you that Rory Gilmore is your
2: role model
0: right yeah
1: I think we're making something bigger than it needs to be
0: yeah for sure
1: instead of saying like hey Rory's is Rory a millennial technically
0: yeah, cuz she was born in like 85ish. So yeah, for sure. Yeah,
1: 85, let's say. So yeah, so like nobody's telling you, okay, yes, you grew up with this character who liked to read and was technically quote unquote a good girl, but nobody's telling you she's your role model, right? Mhm. And then millennials are like, "Oh, I would never want to grow up to be like Rory Gilmore. Look at her life, shitty mistakes." Like, yeah. like, "What were the shitty mistakes you made?"
0: No, you're you're 100% right because they're Millennials are very sensitive to any criticism and or representation of, of their generation.
1: Yeah, so as soon as some, a millennial on television or in, in the media and pop culture does something wrong, well, we're not like that.
0: Yeah, now, no, for sure. For 100%. <laughs>
1: 100%. So, I mean, I think a lot of the criticism that Rory gets is super unfair. And I was recently watching an interview that John Oliver had done with Monica Lewinsky, Mm-hmm. And I know this is very off topic, but bear with me for a minute. <laughs> um, he was saying, like, think of the stupidest thing you've done. Not even the stupidest thing you got caught for, but the stupidest thing you've done. And, like, I think you'll have a lot more sensitivity to people. You know what I mean? You'll yeah. be a lot nicer to people. Yeah. Well, of course, Rory made shitty decisions. But, I mean, think of your own shitty decisions, bitch. Yeah i think of mine and i cringe
0: it's no you're what it's you're 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 so right in saying that a millennials are sensitive and b it's different when millennials grew up or have make shady decisions in their youth because it's almost like people are expecting millennials to fail whereas yeah. other generations obviously you know fucked up and made shady decisions too but they weren't being watched as much so to speak
1: that's also true by the way
0: So like, I think I'm not gonna say millennials and you know, baby boomers have made the same exact mistakes. But like, if we, if you want to talk about the mistakes or bad decisions we make in youth, I think everybody relates to that and has done that. But I think millennials have had a spotlight on theirs more than other generations.
1: Absolutely. Um, And all this to say, I don't like, (sighs) Rory Gilmore doesn't have to be your fucking role model if she doesn't want to be, but lay off her a little bit, okay?
0: And yeah, and all of the all of the the tweets that I've that I have ever retweeted on our Twitter feed saying you know like Rory is a villain and this is why I th- I just think it's funny mostly because mostly because it's like um, they're from people in their twenties and thirties who are just so upset by Rory Gilmore and it's and I think if you look a if you look a little deeper it's because they're upset over Rory and the and the millennial experience it's like nobody nobody said she has to be your personal. Spokesperson.
1: Exactly, man. You don't like her, move on.
0: Yeah, like pick and like pick and choose your Why battles no on
1: that. Does it represent me? She didn't want to. <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> like you're the you're the one who's making her represent you by saying that. So
1: exactly. Like we hear this a lot when people debate about like what happened between. um No, sorry. <laughs> we hear the debate a lot when we talk about a year in the life. Mm-hmm and like the the decisions she's made in her life that have brought her to this shitty moment where she has no job and no home and she's sleeping with a married guy and we're like bitch I need you to evaluate your life as well
0: like Roy definitely made some shitty ass decisions <laughs> uh, can't even speak anymore shitty ass decisions yes. but haven't you also
2: yeah
1: exactly I just I just think I don't know what I think anymore let's move on <laughs> Um let's move on seriously because I could talk about this all day. Um let's talk about Lane Dave and the band.
0: I think this is the only episode where I find uh Lane and Dave cute. Oh really? Just okay. cuz I've already said I'm not a huge Dave Rogalski person just like I don't he uh, the more the more I rewatch season 3 the more I don't like him just because he they they like made such profound roots for the character I found and then he just disappears and yeah, it's
1: not his fault that he disappeared.
0: Yeah. Not to say, like, I don't know if, like, we and we've already discussed this, but I don't know if the show would have, like, was the show planned to keep him around if the actor hadn't left for the O.C.? I think so. Because, like, just, just based on the way his and Lane's story is written in season three, it seemed to me that it was, it was supposed to be some kind of long-term storyline.
1: Yeah. I, th- I think the fact that, and we're going to get into this, but I think the fact that he finally started to win over Mrs. Kim.
0: Mm-hmm
1: pointed to all signs pointed to them being together long-term or at least for the foreseeable future. And I think a lot of fans were disappointed when season four opened up with them kind of dating, but not dating and then um, ending as soon as they began kind of thing. Um,
0: and the marriage jug in season four.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, (laughs) yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways, but so in this episode is um, it's a little weird because D- Lane and Dave have this whole arrangement with Young Choo, mm-hmm. Lane's fake boyfriend,
0: um, and then, and then there's Young Choo's real girlfriend, Karen. Karen.
1: <laughs> okay, so poor Karen. <laughs> so Lane and Young Chu are kind of keeping up appearances for Mrs. Kim. So that um the plan is sorry, the plan is that Young Chu is gonna break up with Lane after three dates and I don't know, like leave the door wide open for Dave to come in. I don't know how they think this is gonna work. Like Lane's I, gonna tell Mrs. Kim that Young Chu broke up with her and she's gonna be like yeah of course date Dave. Dave. <laughs>
0: like, no, I, I think I think Lane's thought was um sh- she's gonna put on t- such a show by being having been so hurt by Yang Chu, the, the boy that Mrs. Kim chose. Mm-hmm. And then, so Mrs. Kim will then have some epiphany and be like, oh, okay, well, you can go out with Dave then because my guy was clearly such a dick. Yeah. Even though that's not something that you or I would ever picture Mrs. Kim doing.
1: Yeah, so I was just about to say, in what universe, Lane? Like, do you know your mother at all?
0: I mean, she can dream, but...
1: I know. And I think that's literally what she's doing. She's just dreaming at this point because that's not the Mrs. Kim that we know. Um, but anyways, this is their plan. So Young chu is kind of in the same situation because Karen's Japanese and his parents don't approve. And um, Dave is starting to feel a little bit jealous.
0: And I mean, I, I would too. Yeah, so would. all of that for uh, uh, just to just so they could be together, like.
1: Yeah, I can't say I blame him because you're watching your girlfriend go out with another guy, even though you know it's innocent her mother's not going to approve. You have to hide from your bandmates. Like, it's just... It would be stressful for anyone, right?
0: It's a lot of work.
1: It's a lot of work. We were talking last episode about how he drops her off. Like, the guys drop him off behind a dumpster and he jumps the fence and, like, they meet him on Peach. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, is anything really worth it like that?
0: That's the thing. Like, I think that's why... um you would perceive their storyline as being long term. Because if you're gonna go through all of that to be together, like you would you would expect it to, you would expect him to stick around for a while.
1: But that's it, that's why I was, I think a lot of people were disappointed in season four. When, you know, he did all these things. He ran to the... First of all, I have, I have questions about where the fuck this hockey arena is in Stars okay. Hollow. We've but,
0: already said the Stars Hollow layout makes no sense. That's
1: why I said I'm not going to bring it up. But anyways, he ran to the fucking hockey arena on his 15-minute break to see her. Then Lane was all giddy because he was jealous. I mean, it, it, it's a little disappointing when he disappears without a trace, right? Yeah. Um, but, but what I want to know is, So they're in this relationship, and when I say, is it worth it, it's because, what? They only have their, like, stolen moments to go off of. So are they really that compatible? Do they even know if they're compatible? Like, they haven't really spent an extended period of time together without the guys, or without Rory, or without Mrs. Kim. So I'm... I'm... Yes, I'm sad when Dave leaves because I was like, they had potential. But I'm also like, it's not really worth it if you're going to hide all the time. And you're going to run a mile to this non-existent arena in Stars Hollow. And I don't know.
0: I, don't I mean, know. in the end, Mrs. Kim kind of does somewhat approve.
1: Yes, for sure.
0: So I think I think that was what what they were leading up to, was getting some kind of approval from Mrs. Kim, which they do get. But yeah. then the character leaves, so... It was kind of anticlimactic.
1: I think so too. I think he would have been written into season four, and the relationship would have gone ultimately wasn't endgame, but it would have gone somewhere mm-hmm. um, if he hadn't left for the OC. But um I don't know. It's really I've never
0: actually seen the OC, but was it worth? What do you think? It was worth it for him to to leave? Was his character good on the OC?
1: Yes, one hundred percent. One hundred percent.
0: All right. Well, it all worked out then.
1: Yeah. Um. We have to watch the OC together when this whole thing is over. Okay. <laughs> we should we should film ourselves watching the OC. All
0: right. See you in twenty
1: twenty four. Twenty twenty five, sir. Yeah. I, don't <laughs> I don't know when we're gonna see each other. Um
0: twenty sixty when we're all old. Seriously.
1: My god. Please Will follow. you
0: still be following us in twenty sixty, friends? I hope so. I doubt it. <laughs> I'm just being Will <laughs> We'll still be alive. Will our page will the internet still exist? Of course. Or will will we'll, we'll we be living in some kind of uh, post-apocalyptic wasteland? Who's to say?
1: I'm leaning more towards like the Hunger Games option. <laughs> the oh. only thing that's comforting about that is that if it is a Hunger Games situation, I don't. I'm not having kids, and I'm not a kid anymore.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So
1: let somebody else's kids fight to the death. Anyways, let's move on.
0: Enjoy us while you while we're still here. That's all. That's all I'm saying.
1: I'm not going anywhere for a while. Okay. Um. Let's talk about Emily and her mother-in-law.
0: I think this is one of the best um, episodes with Emily and Gran.
1: Yeah. So I think this is one of the best episodes, not only with their relationship, but with Emily and her, uh, Emily, with Lorelai and her parents as well. Yeah. So for one, they're not fighting and they're actually laughing with each other.
0: And I think it's because like this is a good um, scenario for Lorelai to see herself in her parents' shoes.
1: Yes, I agree 100%.
0: And I think that's why they get along, because Lorelai is, like, maybe not 100% sympathetic, but, like, she gets it.
1: She 100% gets it. And the thing that I was wondering while watching this episode was, you would think that Lorelai, you would think that Emily would be a little bit more sympathetic to Lorelai, since she knows what it is to have a parent shitting on you. Yeah. Or an in-law, in this case, shitting on you.
0: I think it's still lost on her in that regard. Yeah, for
1: sure. Uh, (laughs) But that being said, I still fucking hate the way Richard unapologetically defends his mother. Even when he knows she's doing something super shitty.
0: And it's like, it's super, I'm not going to say bougie even. I'm going to say it's like, just very passe in terms of gender rules, I guess. Where, um, I guess it is a bit bougie too. Where the, the man just like, does not involve himself in the like the arguments between the women. It's just like, why would you not defend your wife? Like your mother your mother says such horrible things about her in front of everybody, in front of you, and you don't blink.
1: Yeah, I think
0: <sighs> Richard's it at it... me every time.
1: Yeah, Richard's at his worst in the in the scenes with his mother, I think, because he's genuinely a character that I admire, like Okay, he has his issues with his daughter because of his upbringing, where he was raised to be the man of the house, and just provide and not really be a warm father figure. But he loves Rory so much, and he'll do anything for her. And he, you know, he loves Emily. Mm-hmm. So in general, Richard's not a character that gets a lot of hate, but it's it's so warranted in times like these. Yeah. Where I just I
0: ooh I want to punch him. Just for like not reacting, it's like you want that you like you want him to either yes, be...
1: snap out of it, you fucker.
0: Yeah, like honestly, I would even pre- like instead of just sitting there saying nothing, I would honestly prefer him him even side with Gran and be like, "Yeah, Emily, why don't you do-? like?" I would honestly just, just want him to say something.
1: I don't know what I want at this point, but I know that it's not a good reaction to stay silent.
0: No. Um,
1: and ugh, okay, let's talk about the man in the tra- tracksuit. <laughs> The purple that
0: tracksuit is horrific
1: yeah number one number two i never thought i'd hear the words purple velour dro- jogging suit coming out of emily's mouth
0: <laughs> but i'm happy that it did
1: yeah that's yes but <sighs> you know when emily's ranting and raving in the kitchen that she finally has something to hold over that woman's head
0: mm-hmm. i'm like oh kelly bishop you're such a good actress okay it's really funny that you're saying that because you know what my final point in my notes for today was no seriously where was kelly bishop's emmy nomination
1: i just think this episode in general how she goes from like the inn where she's super sad because she got kicked out of her house yeah angry because her mother-in-law brought her own mattress to her house to glee because she has something to hold over her head to sadness, where she's discussing how she's lonely because Richard's away, back to anger because her mother-in-law thinks that she doesn't know how to make tea. like this roller coaster of emotions that she brings us on in this episode was so damn good.:
0: Yes.: No and argument. I, no argument for me.
1: Yeah, I was just like, you don't really notice it when you're just watching for fun, but for the purposes of analysis, I'm like I was in awe. Yeah. I'm like the fast-paced dialogue where she's like, I finally have something to hold over her. And then where she's kind of tearful and talking about how she misses Richard. And, the, like, it was just all so good.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: All of it. And I'm just, I'm, I'm, oof, I don't know. Um, I just, I really, really loved it. I think
0: Television, Television Academy, it's not too late to, to give her a retroactive nomination.
1: It is, I think.
0: It is too late. But, you know, we can dream.
1: I don't know what the fuck you're talking about, but it definitely <laughs> Um. <laughs> so, Gran's whole reason for not telling anybody about the man in the purple velour jogging suit was because she married once, and that Richard's father was her only love. And, like, ugh, that's kind of also archaic.
0: So, Such a conservative old lady thing to say.
1: Yeah, I mean, I get it because I know people like that. I know people who think that way. Like, my grandmother, for example, the day my grandfather died, draped herself in black and has never worn anything else. Yeah. Um, well, she has. She wore she wore very dark navy blue at my brother's wedding. <laughs> but, I mean, like, other than that, she's not, um, you know, well, to be fair, she was 74 when my grandfather died. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it's unthinkable to her, right, to, to yeah. and find somebody else. I know when I was living in New Brunswick, our... Um, the director of our library of, of all our libraries her husband had passed away and she was in her like I think late 50s and mm-hmm. I, I made a comment about her like oh maybe she's dating somebody like whatever I can't remember what the conversation was but the topic of her dating somebody else was brought up and I was and they were all the girls were like no never and I'm like but she's in her late 50s what do you expect her to do for the rest of her life you know what I mean yeah. Um, and then I have, like, other people who are super judgmental of somebody who finds somebody, a, an older person finding somebody else. Yeah. Um,
0: granted, I, think, I think it depends on your your worldview and your upbringing.
1: I think, yeah, I was about to say, your upbringing definitely plays a part in it. Um, but her whole thing is, um, you know, I, I just, I don't understand. If you're lonely, why wouldn't you want a, a companion? You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. and like, I don't expect you guys to have acrobatic sex but I need mean, like someone to talk to at least right yeah like sometimes your your friends the old biddies that she has by the way every single one of those women looks the same
2: mm-hmm.
1: that she has in that goddamn living
2: room yeah
1: <laughs> I mean, sometimes your friends don't do it anymore right you need something a little bit more intimate even if it's not like a full on relationship yeah so yeah of course it depends on your upbringing It depends on um, your culture, I think, as well. But it was just such a weird thing to say. It was such a weird way for her to kind of work around it. (laughs) She was like, I married once, I had one love, that's it. But I'm making out with this guy and I feel guilty about it. But I don't? Like, I don't get it.
0: No, she's like weirdly unapologetic about it, but also can't shake a, a sense of inner shame.
1: Yeah, I think that's what it is. I think it's her trying to come to terms with her own decisions. Yeah. Because when when it was only her that knew about it, it was kind of okay. Mm-hmm. Deal with the shame, but now the world knows, and it's again, it's that thing where like, what will people say? That is very a bougie thing. Yeah. You know, so I don't know, but I feel for her. Like, we never really know when Richard's father died, but you have to imagine she's been alone for a lot of years. Yeah. So why wouldn't she want a companion? By the way, this does not justify the way she views Emily.
0: No, and I was going to say, at least now Emily can somewhat relate to her.
1: Yeah, because she says it, that scene where she's like, my husband's been traveling a lot, too, and I don't get to see him, and you monopolize his time. I was like, oh, finally, they're friends, but then it went back to normal. <laughs>
0: Can I just say the, the the part where she walks through the living room and says, Sending a maid to teach me how to make tea is like I don't have to make tea after all these years.
1: Yeah, and Richard's just like, Yep, that's my wife and mother. <laughs> oh my god. I don't know. It's just um Yeah, it's a weird it's a weird thing. I
0: know. To each their own there, but if you're but lonely at least, they, at least they can finally find some sense of common ground.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't think we see Grant again, do we?
0: I don't think so.
1: Maybe well, once in season 4, but I don't think we see her for an extended period of time.
0: I mean, I know that Marion Ross returns as Cousin Marilyn.
1: Yes, but she also does a great job at, by the way.
0: Yes. So, I mm, I'm not I don't remember.
1: I don't think so, but we'll have to see.
0: But this is this is definitely the beginning of the end for the character.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. Anything else you wanted to discuss about this episode?
0: Um, I think that's it. Did you have anything else?
1: No. We do not.
0: Well then, where can they follow us?
1: They can follow us at Gilmore Podcast on Twitter and Gilmore Girls Podcast on Instagram.
0: Look at you, you got it right.
1: I know, the first time and I didn't even have to check anything.
0: (laughs) And they can email us, gilmorepodcast at gmail.com, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, um, anything of that nature. Please feel free to get in touch.
1: And I just wanted to give a quick update on the bracket, because as promised, we did last week post two more. So we had 513 Wedding Bell Blues versus 613 Friday Night's Alright for Fighting
0: mm-hmm. and
1: 513 Won. so your episode 1 Jeffrey.
0: Okay. I will I shall reiterate. It's not so much that I don't like um season 6 episode 13. It's just like in general season 6 is just ugh for me. So that's why I don't gravitate towards it.
1: Okay. It's fine. You're allowed. And then we had uh, 210 Bracebridge dinner versus 619. I get a sidekick out of you. Mm-hmm. So, the rationale I should tell you with pitting these two against each other was that it w- they were both like town events. Yeah. Where the whole town was involved. And I, uh, 210 won Bracebridge dinner.
0: But I As think. As it, it could, should.
1: Yeah. I think, again, it, it has more to do with the fact that 619, Lorelei's not in a very good place. And a lot of people have mixed feelings about Lane's wedding. And whatever <laughs> um we have a couple more do you want to hear them
0: yes please tell okay. us
1: so you're gonna go one two three again like last time okay
0: oh boy okay ready yes
1: six twelve just like Gwen and Gavin six twenty super cool party people six, one two
0: three six twelve
1: okay <laughs> and then the other one uh, three oh one lazy hazy crazy days or five oh one say goodbye daisy miller One, two, three.
0: 301.
1: okay <laughs> those are jeffrey's picks everyone
0: <laughs> <laughs> and my picks are the only picks no i'm kidding no
1: but again we'll post them um we will post them on friday so that they can coincide with this episode release and then after friday's episode there's just one more bracket for the first round
0: the first round and how many rounds are there
1: there are three rounds before we get to the final.
0: Dun dun dun.
1: So they're going to get much harder, everyone. We, it's so funny. We already get people, like, commenting and, and emailing us saying, like, they're too hard. I can't choose. <laughs> and I'm like You must. You must choose.
0: You must choose. And it's going to get harder. So buckle up.
1: Buckle up, everybody. So thank you very much for listening. We will see you next week.
0: Yes. Bye-bye.
1: bye bye Moin